0: Here at Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you, you gotta know what's important and what's not important. Knowing how to tie a tie, not important. Keeping a diary, not important. Trying all the different bold flavors of Mountain Dew, important. Experience the boldest flavors on earth. Do the Dew. At Mountain Dew, we'd like to recognize the number zero for making Mountain Dew Zero Sugar possible. You have no reason not to try it, as in zero. Get it? Crack open an ice-cold Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. It's zero sugar, all do. Boost your mood in New Jersey. Surprise yourself with new wonders. Stroll beaches and boardwalks. Discover places to dine and catch up with friends. See inspiring art, culture, and history too. Savor sea breezes and explore all the treasures nature has waiting for you. Rise to the call of adventure or catch a wave into the ocean blue. Find it all at visitnj.org.
2: Eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is The X-Zone on the Talk Star Radio Network. My guest this hour is Stan Romanek. He is, um, he is the center of what may be the most documented extraterrestrial contact case of all time. He has appeared on Larry King Live, Fox News Entertainment Tonight, and has been featured in several documentaries on... ABC, NBC, and the Sci-Fi Channel, as well as other numerous radio and television programs. He lives with his wife near Denver and continues to experience ongoing strange phenomenon. He's the author of Close Encounters, Scientific Proof, UFOs and Aliens Are Real. And um, Stan Romanek, welcome to the X-Zone. And Stan, I was wondering if you could tell our audience about some of the encounters that you've been experiencing.
3: Sure, and thank you ha- for having me.
2: It's my great pleasure, sir.
3: Um, My experiences probably started when I was a child. But, you you know, when you're young, you don't really put two and two together Mm until something happens in your adulthood, and that's exactly how it happened with me. Um,
2: Go ahead, Stan. I'm sorry.
3: There's a a delay, so it's kind of... (laughs) kind of hard to... I can hear myself echo, too, so it's rather bizarre. But um, my first um, real encounter happened in December of 2000. And um, my wife at the time lived in Nebraska. I lived in Colorado. And I wanted her to come visit me. We had met online, and we were kind of doing the long-distance dating thing. And I thought I'd go up to the mountains and videotape the surrounding area, and send her a little care package to entice her to come visit me. But I never actually made it to my destination. On the way up, I, I took the back roads, and on the way up um, to the spot I wanted to go videotape, I noticed there were some cars pulled over to the side of the road. There were pro- probably about 30, I'd say, cars altogether. And everybody got um, had gotten out of their cars, and they were looking up, um, up to the south above some power lines, and when I looked to see what they were looking at, I noticed an object. I'm going to say maybe sixty to a hundred feet above the power lines themselves. And at first, I thought it was a hot air balloon, but it turned out to be a UFO, and that's pretty much what started the whole thing.
2: What did the UFO look like, Stan?
3: Um, it was. It had mul- multiple spheres. Basically, it was a kind of almost a flattened. 30-foot diameter sphere on top with six smaller spheres rotating counterclockwise on the bottom, which I had never seen before. I mean, when people talk about UFOs, they always talk about disks or, Mm -hmm. you know, big triangles. This was something completely different. In fact, uh, as I got close to this UFO, I realized it was um, metallic, and it started pacing the van I was in which scared the heck out of me because, number one, I didn't believe in this stuff when it happened. And um, there were lots of other people driving by this thing. Why it singled out me, I have no idea. But it scared me to the point where I decided to speed up, and I was probably doing, oh, 80 down a 20 road, 20-mile-an-hour road. And, um, you know, I was thinking to myself, well, you know, nobody's going to believe me. And I realized that at the time I had my camcorder with me. I realized I had my camcorder, and I pulled over to get a shot of this thing. And when I did so, it um, accelerated from about 200 feet to about 1,000 feet in, oh, jeez, a millisecond probably. I couldn't even follow it with my eyes.
2: Stan, stand by. You and I have to take our first commercial break. Exonation. Stan Romanek is our special guest, www.stanromanek.com dot com is his website and stan and i will be back on the other side of this commercial break in two minutes as the Zone continues live and around the world on the talk star radio network from our studios in hamilton ontario canada take a step back in time and discover old florida cuisine at marsh landing restaurant in felsmere
1: Aloha, and I'll see you in mystical Maui.
2: Welcome back, Explanation. By the way, I gave you the wrong title of uh, Stan's book, Uh, my apologies for that, Stan. He's the author of Messages, the world's most documented extraterrestrial contact story, and it's available from our good friends at Llewellyn Publications uh Stan, uh have you seen more than one UFO in your in your time, and if so, could you describe the different types of UFOs that you've seen?
3: Well, it seems like uh whatever these things are they they seem to like to harass me and what's interesting about my case um, that uh, you know is um, more apparent than most other cases is the fact that most of the stuff that happens seems to happen when there's only a lot of people around So I don't have to explain myself. I, You know, I've seen everything from discs to spears to orbs, you know, the size of your fist that glow red and follow you around everywhere, to um, you name it, just everything that is out there I've seen.
2: Is there, any, is there any reason why you would be picked by the the visitors to this planet?
3: Um, you know, that's the thing I always ask myself, and that's the question everybody asks me. Honestly, even to this day, I don't know, but it seems to be genetic. It seems to run in families. I recently learned that my my um, older brother was an experiencer, um, oddly enough, until he had his vasectomy, and then they stopped picking on him. And then my sister is an experiencer, and I am... Um, an experiencer, so it, it seems to run in families. What it is that they're interested in, I have no idea.
2: Now, have you ever been aboard a, 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 a spacecraft?
3: Um, <clears throat> I can't really tell you for sure. Was I on a you know a spacecraft, a UFO? Was I in a room somewhere underground? Mm-hmm. I know I've been somewhere. Um, I have recollections of. Being on a moving object that seemed to be in space, close to a very large planet that I'm guessing could either be Jupiter or Saturn. But is that really what happened? I honestly, 100%. I'm not 100% sure.
2: Do you have any evidence of having been um, examined by ETs?
3: Um with my first know, i've been probably while well, i'm thinking i'm um, eight times altogether i've been abducted that i remember wow. and each time i've come back with um either trace evidence or um you know i came back once holding something in my hand and or scoop marks that fluoresced under black light um they seem to be interested in people genetically um and um, they don't care how they go about testing you either.
2: What kind of uh, trace evidence do you have?
3: Well, um, there's evidence that uh, has shown up in our yard. Um, when I came back during, uh, I think it was my second or third abduction experience, I was actually, I woke up outside, 20 degree weather, no clothes on.
2: Oh, my gosh
3: from uh, all the doors were locked from the inside, including the windows. It took me a good half hour to wake up my wife so she could come get me. And I actually um, came back with a broken rib. And um, the, there was a circle in our grass that had microscopic bits of meteorite dust that they have no idea how it got there. And when they brought an EMF meter and a compass, the compass and EMF meter would go crazy. And I also... I came back holding something called elemental bismuth. Um, I was really sick to my stomach, and I didn't want to throw up on my wife, so I put my hand in my mouth, and when I did so, I realized I was actually grasping something. And I dropped it onto the kitchen countertop, and it was sent off to scientists to be examined, and that's what they determined it was. The interesting thing was that the elemental bismuth um, had been in a molten form Probably heated to a few thousand degrees before it solidified into the chunks that I somehow got a hold of.
2: How has your ex- how have your experiences affected your family?
3: Well, deeply. Um, it took it took me at least four years to come to terms with this, and I suffer from post traumatic stress disorder from it. Um, my family has been, you know, affected pretty much the same way I have. When this first happened, started happening, um, believe it or not, it happened even before we got married, and I'm surprised. My wife decided to marry me anyhow. But That's, um,
2: that's true love.
3: Yeah. Oh, well, let me tell you, I would be so lost without her. Um, but it got to the point where we couldn't sleep. Um, my stepchildren were being affected. Um, even to this day, my, step, my twin stepdaughters and my stepson can't go to sleep without the lights being on. Um, you know, there was a point where my stepson was so afraid to sleep that he'd literally he'd bury himself under 12, 13, 14 pillows just to feel safe. And then we've had to move you know, at least eight times just from the harassment and, you know, getting beat up and shot at and stuff. So.
2: Wait, wait a sec, hold on here. Let's, let's backtrack here. Shot at and beat up? Yes. Why?
3: One of the things that um, has happened in my case is the harassment. Not only have I had to deal with the abduction experience and the weird um, uh, stuff that goes on around us, um, we've also had to deal with our phones being tapped. We found wiretaps in our house. Um, we've been threatened. I was shot at a year ago and put into somewhat protective custody. I couldn't go out of the house for quite a while. Um, we recently just got a threat that everybody involved in my group is going to be assassinated, either one at a time or in, uh, what they're going to make look like a terrorist attack.
2: Now, which group are you talking about? Pardon me. You said the members of your group. Which group is this? I've
3: got you know some of the top scientists and researchers involved in my case, because so much has happened. There, are, you know, there's a bunch of people that are, in, and they've all become pretty much family to us because they've been with us for so long. You know, um, you know, for instance, the University of Nebraska. Uh, I've got MIT graduate physicists involved in my case um, some of our stuff has been sent to Cal Berkeley Harvard, Princeton, you name it, all over the place mm-hmm. and you know these the, the main researchers have just stuck around just because, you know, because this is an important case and they want to get the word out also and there's more and more stuff to examine because stuff doesn't stop
2: When was the last time you had an encounter?
3: Um, last time I had an encounter, I was in Kansas City Missouri doing a conference and we saw a rather impressive UFO that came down, and I flashed my light at the UFO, and it flashed back.
2: So you commu- how do you communicate with these uh, these ETs or these it's UFOs?
3: Don't. It's not you know a lot of people think I have some kind of special power. I <laughs> I don't have any power, and I'm I don't I'm not psychic either. I'm probably as psychic as a peanut, but. Um, whatever these things are, it's not like they perform like, you know, circus monkeys. You can't, I can't call them in anyhow. Mm -hmm. They just show up, and they seem to be wherever I I am. I I don't know why. I have no answers for you, but over and over again it seems to happen. When I'm in, for instance, uh, I did a big talk in Denver, and my presentations are usually about four hours, and I give them a 15-minute break after two hours. And, you know, people went outside to smoke, and Huge, huge UFOs were above everybody at this talk that I was doing, and it seems to happen.
2: Did anybody take photographs of these two huge oh, yeah. UFOs that were over the area where you were talking?
3: Um, yeah, I haven't. I haven't even. I haven't gotten them yet, but um, they're sending them to me. I mean, you can go on. I've got a website. You can go on the website and see some of this stuff too.
0: Mm-hmm. Post what I can.
2: So, so with all these scientists that are working with you on your case, what have they come up with so far?
3: Um, they're mystified. They don't understand. They, it seems like whatever these things are, they're giving me evidence. And um, I had an experience after my first UFO. That was in 2000. Um, I had another experience uh, September 30th, 2001, Where, you know, I lived um, in Lakewood, Colorado, which is a suburb of Denver, Colorado, a very large suburb, a lot of people. Um, I was coming home from work, and I thought it was a police helicopter, you know, shining its spotlight on me, but a beam of light hit the road right next to my my, uh, van. It narrowed and swept over my van, and, you know, like any polite citizen, I rolled down the window and waved, thinking it was you know, a police helicopter, but I didn't hear any helicopter sounds. And I noticed the guy that was following behind me had stopped it in his tracks and got out of his car and was looking above my van. And as I went through the intersection, everybody had gotten out of their car and were, you know, they were all looking above my van. And I noticed this huge red blinking UFO and it
0: floated. Here at Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you, you got to know what's important and what's not important. Knowing how to tie a tie, not important. Keeping a diary, not important. Trying all the different bold flavors of Mountain Dew, important. Experience the boldest flavors on earth. Do the Dew. At Mountain Dew, we'd like to recognize the number zero for making Mountain Dew Zero
2: Sugar possible. You have no reason not to try it, as in zero. Get it? Crack open an ice-cold Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. It's zero sugar, all dew. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower
0: every note,
2: or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew cruising, you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly.
0: Visit MFM.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6,000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save one dollar each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for
2: everyone.
3: I over a park called Old Stonehouse Park, and there were people there having parties and stuff, and other people have that had video cameras, and they all watched this happen. You know, there were hundreds and hundreds of people that witnessed this.
2: Did it make the local news that night?
3: Oh, yeah, you bet. You really? bet.
2: Have you contacted uh, the government, uh, the Air Force, uh, Homeland Security?
3: Yeah, yeah. no. Uh, you know, I tried in the beginning. They just blew me off and or laughed at me, or which is really sad. You know, from what I understand, the United States is one of the last countries to open their, their records about UFOs. <clears throat> but, no, I gave up on that a long time ago.
2: Even with the I evidence? I have tried,
3: you know, going to a psychologist because mm-hmm. I... You know i was hoping i was just crazy and they just pretty much blew me off too and then i started realizing that what i was going through is a real phenomenon
2: Listen, you and I have to take a commercial break with the news, Stan. Please stand by. Stan Romanek our special guest. He's the author of Messages, the world's most documented extraterrestrial contact, uh, contact story. And it's available from our good friends at Llewellyn Publications. Stan's website is stanromanek.com. S-T-A-N-R-O-M-A-N-E-K.com. And his book is available online, or you can go to Llewellyn Publishing, www.lewellyn.com. Dot com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the X Zone, and we'll be back on the other side of the news with Stan Romanick as we continue live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, right here on Talkstar. Don't go away. Back after this
0: break. net.
2: did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or wi-fi you can still listen to the x-zone radio show with rob mcconnell the science of magic with guilde wiaka x-1 dimension x Space Patrol and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080 courtesy of Audio Now, No smartphone, app or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Stan Romanik is our special guest. He is the author of Messages, the world's most documented extraterrestrial contact story. And the National Spotlight has followed Stan Romanek's accounts of alien abductions ever since the release of his home video in 2008, of which he insists is footage of an extraterrestrial being. For more than five years, reputable scientists and scholars have studied the strange formulas and equations Romanek claims were given to him during his encounters and have come to the same conclusion the complexity of these equations and diagrams are genuine and may hold the clues to the secret of zero point energy and even interstellar travel stan thanks very much for joining us uh, tonight here on the exone and i was wondering if you could tell us about some about the being that you uh, that you videotaped
3: <clears throat> sure um, that's actually just one small piece of a very um, big um, amount of evidence that I have, and um, I showed that, I gave that ev- evidence, that little piece to someone to use in something called the Denver Extraterrestrial Initiative. Um, it's a grassroots project to try to get the government to finally agree or admit that there's extraterrestrials. Now, um, that's how it got out into the media. It um, started when I lived in Nebraska. I eventually got married mm-hmm. um, to the woman I had met online, and I moved to Nebraska to be with her. And at the time, you know, I had my, I have twin stepdaughters. They're 20 years old now, but at the time they were young teenagers. And um, I was um, fixing my computer because it had been hacked into, and I was staying up pretty late. And um, I went up to get a glass of water from the kitchen. I noticed movement out of one of the windows. Well, um first thing I thought of was uh, it could have been one of the you know neighbor kids playing a joke, but the next day it happened, I realized that um it might have been a peeping tom. In fact, this went on for almost two weeks. I called the police, I um let all the neighbors know. I even set up little twigs and sticks as a trap, so if they stepped on them, I could hear you know them coming and at a bat by the door, so I'd grab the bat and run outside. But I could never catch this, this this peeping tom. And one of the scientists involved in my case suggested that you know he said, well, you know you have a you have a video camera uh, camcorder. It has night shot on it. Um, want you next time you see this this movement out of the window, just set up your camera, put on night shot, turn on the lights, and go to bed. See if you can catch this peeping tom. Well, I did exactly that. I you know saw movement. I put on the camera. Instead of going to bed, I went. To the bathroom and just kind of sat on that edge of the bathtub because I wanted to see if I could catch this thing. Well, there were two really bright flashes of light, lights, and um, suddenly, uh, you know, I got up and I looked out of the bathroom door and I saw this head pop down. I'm thinking, yes, I got, I got this son of a gun. Well, I went to look out the window and I saw what I thought was a child running to the backyard, and it was a real bright full moon, I thought, anyhow. Come to find out, there was no full moon. Um, But I saw this this thing running toward the backyard, and it clipped one of the bushes as it ran. And it stopped and looked back at me, and, man, i got to tell you, his eyes were not normal. And I scared and jumped around like a little girl. In fact, when you watch the the video, um, most people laugh because it surprises me, to say the least.
2: So what so, what happened?
3: Well, um, when I re, um, rewound the tape and you know reviewed it, mm-hmm. um, there was a creature looking in my window, and you know, you could see his eyes move, you can see its facial features, and it doesn't look human at all. You know, it's big, huge head, um, very big, dark eyes. Uh, what's interesting is you can see the infrared or the IR from their camcorder reflecting off its retinas. And, you know, I've I've gotten a lot of flack for this one. You know, all the debunkers will tell you, you know, it's fake. And there's one group locally that that's all they do is they debunk everybody. That's how they get attention. They're just real sad people. But they'll say, oh, it's it's computer generated. Well, you know, this video has been sent to some of the top um people and analy- lot to be analyzed and they'll say the same thing it's you know in camera mm-hmm. there is no special effects in it and it is what it is you know is it somebody in a mask i don't think so i really don't i saw this thing run away i know what i captured on video
2: now you said the infrared was caught on their eyelids or on their pupils
3: yes you know how when you um a lot of times like even with uh cats you have your
2: Remote controller. On, yeah.
3: And you're, you're videotaping in, on, uh, with your IR on or your infrared on, your night shot on. Their, their eyes, their pupils will glow like you've got a deer in the headlights. And that's what this thing was like. You could actually see its pupils just light up. It's really crazy.
2: One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. Stan Romanek is our guest. His website is www.stanromanek.com. Stan, what kind of work uh, were you doing prior to all of this? Uh, or are you still doing the same kind of work after you've had all, this, all these experiences?
3: I'm too busy with my book and with the radio shows and stuff. I pretty much do this. I am a... You know, it's funny because I was such a skeptic. Now I seem to be the poster child for the bizarre. But um, I was—I fixed computers for a living. I was also in corporate management and retail management for that.
2: Now, prior to your your sighting, going back, uh, your initial sighting, I believe, was in two thousand four. Two uh,
3: thousand four. My my first sighting was in two thousand.
2: Oh, it was in two thousand. I'm sorry. Uh, prior to your your first sighting in the year 2000, uh, had you had any experiences with paranormal uh, phenomena of any kind?
3: You know, when I was a, when I was a child, um, some stuff happened. Um, now, I, I grew up in the military. I grew up in the Air Force, the United States Air Force, and um, my dad was in charge of security for. At least that's what he thinks he he did. You know. I, he won't tell me, and nobody can ever find out. My dad had some top-secret clearance, I guess. But um, we were stationed in North Dakota um, in the late 60s, early 70s, during the time that the, miss- the UFOs flew over the missile bases and changed the codes around and flew over some B-52 bombers. Now, my father was um, would go back between Minot and Grand Forks, uh, these two main missile bases in North Dakota, and they tracked one of the UFOs to our small town of Northwood, North Dakota, and um, it actually hovered above the water, a water tower there for quite a long time. And you know, it was always a family story that my, you know, my dad was came out and uh, with some soldiers and surrounded this water tower. My brother, my oldest brother, remembers, and um, y- you know. After that, that just kind of faded away. And then I remember after my first um, regression, I remember that there was a strange lady that kind of always showed up at certain times in my life. Very bizarre looking, really huge, um, almond shaped, slanted eyes with almost day glow color, day glow blue colored pupils. And prior to that, you know, when you're a kid, you don't think about. Mm -hmm. Other than that, that's just about it. I really didn't believe in this stuff.
2: Who did your regressions?
3: Um, there was a local person named uh, Deborah Lindemann, who's very good. And then um, after that, a Dr. Leo Sprinkle, who's uh University of Wyoming, very famous, very nice gentleman, very smart, too.
2: And what was their conclusion?
3: That this stuff is real. You know, my first um, regression... I, I had nowhere else to go. I was, at this point, I was, thought I was having a nervous breakdown or going crazy. I didn't want to, I tried going to a psychologist, but, you know, they just blew me off. Um, and I went to, my friend conned me into going to my local UFO group, with, which was MUFON, Mutual UFO Network. And they suggested, you know, if you're having such a hard time with this once, you get regressed like well I didn't know if I believed in it or not and I thought well okay I'll try it I was a little nervous because there are all kinds of horror stories that they can control your mind and stuff which is not the case at all but I went under hypnotic regression Mm -hmm. and um, I remember during my first abduction experience I had all these symbols in my head and I didn't know what to do with them and she asked me to write them down so I did and you have to understand I grew up with severe dyslexia. I have had a hard time spelling or reading, or even um, even worse time with mathematics. I have, if I'm lucky, maybe a sixth or seventh, or I mean a fifth or sixth grade, and that's probably even less than that math level. And I have to, I, I'm embarrassed to say that I have to get help with long division from my stepkids. But um, that's
2: why they developed calculators. That's what I tell my kids.
3: Exactly. In fact, um, I use it quite a bit even now, but um, under regression, I remember Mm -hmm. writing these symbols down, and I I ended up writing this full page of these symbols in, like, 20 seconds, 20, 30 seconds. And, you know, when I kind of snapped out of it or woke up, you know, the people that were there, their mouths just dropped open, and um, we sent this off to physicists, and it actually meant something. And the first, um, the first little equation there was a, an electron structure for element 115, which at the time, way back then, didn't exist yet. They didn't even have an equation for it, from what I understand. It was two years later, somebody sent me a newspaper clipping that Russians finally invented element 115. So, who knows?
2: Now, uh, I under- also understand that you drew a map of the planetary alignment corresponding with December, uh, with September the 21st, 2012.
3: Yeah, and that's, one, that's another thing that always kind of bugged me, too. You know, whatever these things are, they are way more advanced than you or I, and mm-hmm. they seem to be able to know what's going to happen in the future. At least that's what I believe. Yeah. Um, you know, and they were, and they don't talk like you or I do, and you know, without sounding too crazy, we talk linearly. We say one word after the other. Um, These things have an ability where they can convey large amounts of information in just one thought. In fact, with my first abduction experience, I was sitting on the table after they did these experimental things. I was absolutely terrified. And um, the being leaned forward and literally an explosion of thought filled my head and knocked me off the table. And I got up and I was just in absolute shock. And this this person, thing, whatever, stepped back, kind of tilted their head as if to say, okay, you dumb idiot, we're going to try this one step at a time. And then bam, <laughs> bam, bam, thought after, thought after. And let me tell you, it was very humbling because, you know, at that point I realized that, it really wasn't all about us, you know that. And I also realized that if these things were truly hostile, they could have taken us out a long time ago. And I know, I know for a fact they've been here for thousands of years. There's so much evidence.
2: So, so my next question was going to be: Do you think that uh, these these visitors, for a lack of a better word, uh, actually mean to harm us?
3: You know, I believe that there's good and bad up there, just like there's good and bad here. But if really, if they wanted to harm us, they would have. Um, I, you know, I still have issues with what their agenda is. Let's face it, they are taking us against their will. But, you know, they're, they've never really seriously hurt me.
2: Do we know who they are?
3: Um, there are three. I know of three different types for sure. I've experienced um, for sure. Um, I've never really actually seen what they call a gray, though. I've never... I've seen things that are similar, Mm -hmm. but they're not gray. Um, they're more kind of a bluish taupe colored, and they just don't really fit the same thing. Um, my first abduction experience, and if you buy the book, you'll... You know, for anybody that's listening, if they buy the book, they'll, they'll get to see pictures and stuff. I call them possum people, um... They don't look like greys. In fact, they look more like us, except they're very skinny. Um, the, one, the one was a female because, well, let's face it, she had boobs, which is not typical of an alien. But um, they have really big, slanted blue eyes. Blue eyes? Blue, almost day-glow blue wow. eyes.
2: Hey, Stan, you and I have to take a commercial break. Please stand by. Once again, thank you very much for joining us tonight. And I also thank uh, Jennifer at Llewellyn Publishing for helping make this interview possible. Stan Romanek is his name. His website is stanromanek.com, and he is the author of Messages, the world's most documented extraterrestrial contact story. Stan will be back with me on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues live and around the world on the con- on the TalkStarter Radio Stan Romanick's our guest uh, www.stanromanick.com and Stan has there been any physiological changes to your body uh has there been any deviance in your blood uh, counts uh has there been anything that a physio- physiological examination has shown based on your your um your encounters both on this planet and elsewhere with E.T.s Um yes
3: um, when this all started, I was fairly healthy. Now I'm actually disabled from a bizarre blood sugar disorder that even to this day they can't figure out. Um, also, um, there's something to do with creatine levels are screwy. My creatine levels are extremely high all the time, and that's pretty typical of abductees. They don't know why. They don't know what. I don't know. Um, you know, there's a few markers that are always seem to come up when people get abducted. And I don't know why, but it is what it is.
2: What would you like to tell the audience listening to you around the world right now about your case and about the, about the aliens?
3: Well, that it's real. And um, the reason I continue to do this is to try to get people to understand, And you know, if I can become a believer, and I was a very serious skeptic. In fact, I was a mean skeptic. If people came up to me and told me they believed in ghosts or UFOs or extraterrestrials, I'd push them away and just tell them they were crazy. Um, but if I can become a believer, anybody can. I mean, there's so much out there. You know, every country in the world, almost every country in the world, has opened their books to, to this stuff including the Vatican recently, which absolutely amazed me. And, you know, they're telling everybody they've known about it for quite some time.
2: Well, I, I don't think they've, they've actually come out and said that extraterrestrials exist.
3: I, I met the people, Monsignor Belducci. Yes. Um, go to my website and... No,
2: that, that's all right. I believe you. But once again, uh, Sr. Balducci did not at that time echo the, the feelings of the of the Vatican. And uh, to the best of my knowledge, the Vatican has never come out and said that they actually do confirm that ETs are real.
3: Well, um, that's not what I'm getting. I mean, there there's documentation that, you know, maybe you're right, but the documentation I have States that um, you know, they believe that, that it is real. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's certain parts of the Vatican that believe it and certain parts that don't, just like with 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 anybody. You know, there's certain people in the United States and in Canada that believe it and certain people that don't. I know what I'm experiencing is real. I wished there were times I wished it it, it wasn't real, but for whatever reason it seems to happen most of the time when people are around, so I don't really have to explain myself. Hey,
2: Stan, we've run out of time for tonight. I want to thank you very much for joining us, and uh, I wish you much success in the future. Good luck, and uh, when you find out any more information, let us know. We'll love to have you back on the show. Sure
3: thing. Well, thank you for having me.
2: Take care of yourself. And once again, we also thank Jennifer at Llewellyn for helping make this interview possible. The web address for Stan Romanek is www.stanromanek.com. That's stanromanek.com. When I come back from this commercial break, on the other side, at six and a half minutes past, April Sharon will be my special guest. We're going to be talking about new awakenings as the x continues, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Here at
0: Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you, you got to know what's important and what's not important. Knowing how to tie a tie. Not important. Keeping a diary, not important. Trying all the different bold flavors of Mountain Dew, important. Experience the boldest flavors on earth. Do the Dew. At Mountain Dew, we'd like to recognize the number zero for making Mountain Dew Zero Sugar possible. You have no reason not to try it, as in zero. Get it? Crack open an ice-cold Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. It's zero sugar, all do.